Before we begin today's show, there's a huge sporting event coming up on Saturday. UFC 251. Three title fights, lots of drama, and it's all taking place on UFC's Fight Island. It should be a very exciting night on July 11th, and ESPN's MMA insider Ariel Hawani will have you covered this week with absolutely everything you need to know with his podcast, Ariel Hawani's MMA Show, which you can find wherever you get your podcast. Is Ariel going to the Fight Island? I'm going to listen and find out. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We are talking about the NBA on Sunday night. You will hear this Monday because the first thing you do Monday morning is listen to your brand new Hoop Collective. Joining us from Oklahoma City is Royce Young. Hi, Royce. How are you? Hi, Brian. I'm doing wonderfully well. And joining us from one of Royce's favorite places on earth, uh... And Malika Andrews' home for the foreseeable future. We hope it's three months, but who knows? Uh, from the first podcast from the bubble. Uh, is it the first podcast, Malika, from the bubble in Orlando? Yeah, it is the first podcast from the bubble in Orlando. I should say well, yeah, Lake, it is. Lake Buena Vista. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're at Disney World. We won't say where. Um, the only thing that we know from watching you on TV is that your background is a cactus, a painting with cacti. Yes. Uh, and I, I have gotten many a text complimenting the artwork in the background that I have nothing to do with choosing. <laughs> and it is certainly the only place in this hotel room that I can set up the, the TV equipment. So the, the cactus didn't choose. I, or, yeah. The cactus chose me. I didn't choose the cactus. <laughs> Interesting motif by the Disney designers. <laughs> uh, you don't really think of cacti in uh, Orlando, but whatever. Um, so Malika, I, I need probably had to say this several times, but I, I don't know all the answers. So can you tell us what the process was like? Um, you live in New York. Um, what the process was like uh, getting there and getting into the bubble Um and I imagine, you know, we have players who listen, and I imagine the players are going to be interested to hear this because they're about to go through this in the next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, I, I would be terrified to say I have all the answers, but I uh, I traveled from New York City to Orlando uh, last Monday, and I flew down. Um, the wonderful folks um, on the airplane every, made sure everyone was wearing a mask. There was no one who was sitting next to each other on the airplane. There was at least one seat between every uh, passenger. And when I got to Orlando, actually, for the first um, several nights, we were not at my current location. We were at another hotel just outside of Disney World with the rest of the NBA staff while uh, the Disney staff were preparing this hotel to open because this hotel was not actually open um, even to, to the NBA staff at that point. So I landed, I went to go get a coronavirus test through the NBA and that- And what, um, what was that test? Describe that test. Yeah. So the first day it was the, the mother load up the, the, the nose, the one that goes all the way up your nose. Um, and they put uh, one swab up one nostril, one swab up the other nostril and another swab, a third swab down your throat. And the results come back within eight to 24 hours. The first day it was very fast, which I was very glad about because my anxiety levels waiting for that test to come back. I'm not going to lie to you. They were a little bit high. 
Um, so since then, um, every day I get tested once a day and I have not been able to leave my room. And as of last Thursday, I have um, been in the location that I will be at for the duration of this restart. So and you have not left your room since Thursday? I have not, okay. um, except for the test. So I once a day, I schedule the time so they know what time to look for me crossing the the, the lobby. Um, I go to get tested once a day. That's when I get to leave. And, and that's the one time a day I get to leave. And my meals are delivered to my door at 8 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. And do you get to order off a menu or do you just get what they send? <laughs> they get they they send you instead of getting to choose between the chicken or the fish or the vegetable um, vegetarian option. They give you all of the options to avoid someone going through your food bag and having extra hands on it and touching mm. it. So they give you five meals in one. So I actually, I, I, I started canceling lunch because I just have so many leftovers. I can't manage to eat it all. So, so give me wasteful. an example. I mean, I apologize for this. Um, tell me what comes at breakfast. Give me an idea. <laughs> so, so, so you get five meals in your room. Yes, at I breakfast. do. Now yes. tell me what the five <laughs> meals are. So for instance, today I'm looking at what I have left over. So I have oatmeal. Um, I have a cold cereal option, which was special K I have white bread, I have wheat bread, I have peanut butter spread, I have different types of jelly, three tangerines, an apple, a kashi bar, um, some fresh fruit, uh, a breakfast quesadilla, uh, three chicken sausages, an orange juice, a milk, um, apples with... How do you even have any room in your, in your hotel in between the camera equipment and the food piled up? Uh, I mean, this can't be the most efficient way of doing this, Malika. Uh, efficient, no. Wasteful, possibly. Sanitary, yes. Okay. That is how I will put it. Um, now, one of your cohorts there is someone who's very close to me. I, I almost called you Melinda because uh, your producer who is there <laughs> yes. is Melinda Adams, who um, is near and dear to my heart. She was with me in Cleveland for many years. Uh, Royce, best. I'm, sh I'm mm -hmm. sure you know Melinda. Um, Melinda informed me that she is somehow walking a five, <laughs> yeah. a five K in her room. I don't know how this is what? possible. Now that I, <laughs> what? I don't know how this is possible. She's walking a five K every day in her room, mm -hmm. um, with all the piles of food, yes. uh, but she's somehow doing it. Um, but this is like, I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're having a little bit of fun here, but like, you know, look, uh, you're not covering a war, so let's um, let's make <laughs> right. that clear. This is not the hardest assignment in journalism history, but I'll be damned that this isn't the hardest and one of the most challenging assignments in sports writing. Um, I have complained about uh, adverse conditions before. This is pretty crazy, and you're at the start of this, so let me just ask you how you're holding up so far. The, the players won't even be there for a couple of days. You know, I, I would, again, I would be lying to you if I didn't say that at times there are bouts of anxiety, especially, you know, if if you sneeze in your hotel room, you know, it's like, oh, I hope that isn't it. The the waiting for getting the test results back, um, it gets easier every day. But at first it was um, a little bit agonizing waiting for that just because there's so much unknown um, about this virus and what the symptoms could present as. Um, and, and, you know, people ask me if I'm bored 
or if I'm going stir crazy, I think that could potentially be more of an issue for the for the players than it is for me, just because um, of the nature of the war, the amount of work I'm doing during the day. So that keeps me distracted a little bit. Um, and like you said, I mean, this isn't this isn't going into uh, a war ridden country. This isn't even um, potentially being outside covering some of the protests where there's also a concern of spreading coronavirus, but there are some challenges to it. I cannot say that I'm walking 10,000 steps in my room every day like Melinda, who, by the way, also brought her own free weights to do her weight routine. (laughs) (laughs) So she's really making us look bad. Um, But but now you're going to make me get up and start walking because I feel like I need to at least be keeping pace with Melinda. Maybe like um, doing pull-ups on your ceiling fan or something. Yeah, I'm just going to come out super yoked. <laughs> so how long do you have to be uh, in there, in solitary there? So, <laughs> so my solitary, hopefully uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I will be nearing the end. Um, the plan is granted that I have one more negative test. I'm waiting for my results from today, which I get an email um, that pops up sometime overnight, usually that says your results have come through. And that's a good thing because they would call you if it was a, po- uh, if it was a positive result. So if I get a, a seventh green dot, I have a l- bunch of little rows. It looks like a caterpillar in the app of green dots that correlate with a, a negative test each day. If I test negative today, my quarantine should be up on Monday. And I'm wearing a, a green band on my right wrist that signifies that I'm in quarantine. I trade that green band in for an aura ring, which the players are also going to be wearing. That's the ring that tracks um, any early symptoms potentially of coronavirus. I trade it in for my credential and also um, the device that beeps if you get within six feet of another person. So by Monday night, I am supposed to be, my quarantine is supposed to be lifted, but I, I am, I plan to still be playing it close to the vest in terms of not, uh, wandering about excessively just because I don't want to, um, expose myself any more than I need to right now. You know, I, I was going to say Malika, like the, the next test you take, as you kind of describe this, like that one, carries a lot of weight to it now that right. I think about it. Because All right, Royce, you tested <laughs> negative take already. it easy. She needs to go to sleep. I, but I need to easy. sleep tonight. But, it, I mean, it, but the point is, is it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be on you at all. It would be like a, it would be a break in the bubble somewhere. Like you, you showed up negative. You, you passed that one, you know? So like, like right. that, that one's like a critical test. And uh, I don't Thanks, know. Thanks, Royce. Yes, yeah, so just think about that for a second. <laughs> Royce, after she leaves the podcast, we'll talk about it. My God. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking so, about that. Like, so that's the, the first big test for the whole so NBA. The, so the players, uh, when they arrive starting on Tuesday, they're going to arrive Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, they have to quarantine for up to 48 hours in their room until they have two negative tests, I think. That's right. And basically the difference partly in that is just the commercial air travel. So I was tested before I left New York and tested negative. But um, to to your point, Royce, yes, I have tested so far negative six times. But Mm -hmm. the, the scary thing about this virus, right, is that it can take several days for if I did um, you know, heaven forbid contracted on the plane, it would take several days for it to show up. Um, So really not necessarily be a breakdown in the bubble. Correct. 
that's right. Hopefully we don't even, we're not even going to cross that bridge because we're never going to get to it. But yes, that is right. So um, the daily test that you're having, which I assume the players will have too, that is not the big nasal swab, right? That is something else. It is. It is. Now it's, it's less of the nasal. So the first day was the big nasal swab where they went all the way up your, your nasal cavity. Um, Now they just go up about an inch um, and then they also go down your throat every day. Terrific. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, Maliko, I, in, in, no, in all seriousness, uh, I have admiration for you uh, taking on this assignment. I uh, would not do it. So um, I admire it, and we wish you the best of luck. And, and um, you are really doing great work for a lot of fans. So you're going to be, you're, you're going to be one of the very few people that are going to be in there. And, um, you know, your coverage is going to be spectacular and important and vital and special for the next few months. So we really appreciate it. I'm not just, uh, saying it, I really mean it. So, you know, thank you first off. Um, but you know, obviously the last few days have been unsettling, with five teams now, the Bucks closed their facility today. There's five teams that have either closed their facility fully or partially, um, and you know I have to I have to wonder. Um, I was talking to somebody in the Raptors camp. The Raptors have been in Naples, I think, for almost two weeks now, or a little over two weeks, and they do not have a positive test yet that we know of. Um, all of their players are there. And, um, you know, Tim Bontemps talked to some people there and wrote about this the other day about how uh, they've sort of fallen into routine at Florida Gulf Coast. Um, Serge Ibaka spoke on, on, I think it was Saturday, Friday or Saturday, and I think it was Friday, and Serge talked about how the team is developing some great camaraderie um, and the Raptors had to go because just the issues of getting across the border. Um, we have tests. We have positive tests on many teams. We have positives in their facilities causing them to shut it. Malika, do you think that the Raptors may have actually oddly benefited? I mean, it's got a hold, right? But maybe they benefited from this circumstance as they've avoided this problem and, and are building some camaraderie at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to count the, the chickens before they're hatched, but that's definitely um, something that I, you know, I, I've, I've noticed as well. And, and you know, I, I actually I received a text from someone within the Raptors organization tonight after the news that the Milwaukee Bucks have shut down their practice facility came out. And uh, every time this person told me that every time they see another facility shut down, they get a little bit nervous because it's sort of like, are we, you know, we're having such good luck. When is that going to run out? And they don't want that luck to run out. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because you see some players who have tested positive use language like I tested positive since I got back into market. So that would suggest that there's some tension there over whether or not they thought it was a good thing to come back to market. And Sean Marks with the net said that there was a brief discussion about whether or not that going back to have a training camp or even individual workouts in market was going to be the best option. And ultimately they trusted the league when they made that decision. Um, but as, as Spencer Dinwiddie had tweeted at one point, hindsight is twenty twenty, And perhaps um, that, that means that it would have been safer to put everyone in a bubble sooner 
Um, but some medical experts at the league consultant with, consulted with said that that wouldn't necessarily be the case, and they're learning about it in real time. Well, Royce, like uh, that's that's difficult. The difficulty is Florida's cases are surging, mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't you can't build the bubble until you get everybody healthy, so to speak. So you couldn't have just said, okay, everybody report to Disney World. Because he would have had people who were positive reporting to Disney World, yeah. um, so they so they had to create a, they had to they had to sort of I hate to use this terminology but weed out the positives to try to to get everybody isolated. But yeah. maybe maybe there was something to the idea of bubbling before the bubble because right because it doesn't it's, it's been choppy the the results. Yeah, I would say this though, and this is something that. You know, I, I, as as harsh as it may sound, this is kind of all going according to plan, though. In reality, um, because mm-hmm. it's 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 about trying to. You know, I think everybody realistically within the NBA, Brian, as I'm sure that you heard so many people say, is they expected positive would come back. Um, you know, with with just an extremely limited number, because whether it's players like Malika said coming back into market and going through workouts, exposing themselves on flights and grocery stores and new their cities where they were were staying at the time like they're also living their lives i mean and they're exposed to the viruses in the same way anybody else is it's not like um these players are completely self-isolating uh for an extended period of time you know this is something uh, multiple team employees and league executives have kind of made the case that i've heard from them is that you know it's it's this kind of weird situation that there's a lot of people that are looking at positive cases on teams or they're looking at Florida's cases rising. And in reality, I don't know that it affects the, the NBA plan all that much because like, you know, uh, for example, Buddy Heald, you know, who, who will be in the bubble tested positive. And two weeks before that, he was in Oklahoma city playing, uh, basically, um, a high level pickup game in this, in this competitive league. And so, you know, I think that this is something, like I said, people have told me in the league, it's not, they they didn't have an expectation that these guys were just going to completely quarantine themselves. Like they're exposed to the virus, whether they go to Orlando or not. And in and in reality, I think something a message that you're going to hear from people in the league as this kind of picks up is they're going to have this like slogan going that there's no safer place in the world than the Orlando bubble. I think that that's what people are going to try to kind of sell this at. That's what Malika because, said. Right, and and I mean, so, yeah, so feel safe, feel safe in your room, Malika. Um, but I do think, I, I do think that that is going to become a little bit of a narrative is that, you know, if these players were staying where they're at, you're seeing it right now. They're not in Orlando yet. They're not in the place where the, the cases are surging. They're just living their lives in the, in the world and they're still right. testing but, positive. So but it's, the, it's not but like the, the virus Raptors, doesn't exist, but the Raptors are not living their lives in the world. Right. I, so, so I think, I think the Raptors are kind of, kind of a, a case study in that, right, Brian, I think that they're kind of, they're kind of affirmation for what the, how, how successful maybe the bubble could be. Um, because again, I mean, look, nobody's downplaying the severity here or the concerns and the health concerns for all the players showing up in Orlando and having to kind of embark on this. But what you want to feel is like that it's going to work. And, and I think that there is a lot of optimism that it can work even with kind of the elements happening around it. Well, and Brian, I, I would just add too that the the thing is with this virus is that if you abide by, if you were playing by, when I was in New York, I was essentially playing by a lot of the rules of the bubble already, save for being tested every day. I was staying inside. I wasn't leaving my apartment. So if that is the the confines within which these players are working, they potentially would be testing negative anyway. When you take these this Raptors team and you put them in an unfamiliar environment environment 
where they're not necessarily tempted to go out or do anything anyway, that inherently brings those test levels down too. So if you were talking about players who just go to the practice facility, get tested, go home, potentially we wouldn't be seeing this surge in cases. And that could happen. That could happen anywhere. This there's not surge, there's positive tests, and that can happen anywhere. Um, and so really this bubble also, there's an individual accountability that has to happen in order for it to be successful just from being down here. Like I said, not leaving the room when, when you don't have work that needs to be done, whether that's in the gym or on TV or elsewhere. Um, it, it's just taking that extra measure because if you are out and about all the time, every time you leave your room, uh, every time you're around more people, that's just more time that you could p- potentially spend being exposed. Right. For, and for example, like I'll just throw this in there. Like I was told about a, a, a Thunder player, an unnamed Thunder player. I'm not going to air him out. But he was at an o- Oklahoma City establishment, very public establishment, hanging out one night. Now, I was told he had a mask on and he was trying to take care of himself and socially distance. But like players are going to be out. Like, I mean, <laughs> so it's, whether they're they're coming back to their market or not. Um, so kind of to what Malika's point was with the Raptors, like you kind of remove that opportunity and i think it could be really beneficial royce was he watching the lake the sunset over lake heifer (laughs) no it was not that that was not it it was it was an indoor location Uh, that's what i'd be doing have you been have you seen the sunset over lake heifer is it hefner 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 i'm sorry like you (laughs) they they malika they built a lake and it's big enough in oklahoma city that it looks like the sun sets. The sun sets over the lake, and so it yeah. gives you the impression that you're on the coast. It's a pretty good trick. It's pretty cool. I have LA to and Miami. I mean, they have nothing on OKC when it comes. Well, to in Miami, it, it doesn't. <laughs> having ha- having lived in Miami, I can tell you that Lake Hefner, you can't see the sunset over the water in many see? places. In Miami. Okay. I would assume that's the first place Sam Presti takes a free agent, but that's just. <laughs> Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. So, um, Malika, you mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie a second ago. Uh, Spencer has been tweeting his way through his um, dealing in his recovery from the coronavirus. He uh, contracted it, uh, well, he believes he contracted it, and definitely tested positive after coming back to Brooklyn. Uh, I'm not sure, does he live in L.A.? Where does he live? Where was he? Um. Yeah, I mean, he he had said he had 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 left market. I'm yeah. not I'm not sure he, if it was just one place or multiple that he went. Yeah, to. he 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 rented a private jet to fly back, which ain't cheap. I um, mean, he did everything he possibly could do, um, right. and then he still got some Bitcoin. He might he, mm-hmm. he might have. I'm sure he paid for it yeah. in some way where he took advantage of it. But he's been tweet he has been tweeting his way through this, which I appreciate. But. Um, it says right there, and the, I'm going to keep bringing this up, and not because I'm trying to play gotcha. I'm simply trying to just show that I think this thing is a living document that's changing. But in the protocol, it flat out says if you have coronavirus, you can't do any physical activity for 14 days. It says it right there in black and white. We just had the other day um, 
Luke Walton gave a, a media conference and somebody asked him about Jabari Parker and he said, listen, Jabari's not allowed to do anything. You know, he's within this window where he's not allowed to have any exercise. And you've got Spencer saying the day he tested positive, the, the Nets shipped him an exercise bike and weights. And he's talking about how he's been using the exercise bike. In fact, started too soon, according to his tweet today, too soon and went too fast and had a setback. Um, nobody cares about the rules is what I'm saying here. Um, you know, they're just <laughs> going willy nilly. I mean, again, I'm not implicating Spencer. He's doing what he needs to do, but um, I, I just, I just don't know how this is going to go. It seems like everybody does whatever they want. Malika. Well, you know, it, it's tough because I, I have not, um, that I know of had coronavirus, uh, knock on wood or the symptoms that Spencer is experiencing, but just from being sick normally and being someone who enjoys to work out and not being an NBA player, I know it's hard to stay away from doing physical exercise. So, you know, the team sends him this, this exercise equipment, possibly, we don't know with some instructions of saying, don't use this until you feel right. Possibly not, possibly without any of those instructions. Um, and, and Spencer's up against a little bit of a clock here because the, his team is departing for Orlando on Tuesday and they haven't yet named a replacement player for him. And so if he isn't able to make the trip, but was uh, in some way medically cleared, then he could be financially, financially penalized. Now, Obviously, from tweeting his symptoms, if we take that to be what he is experiencing, um, there is reason to believe that he isn't medically ready to come and, and play, obviously. So that still leaves time for, for some uh, replacements to be signed, for um, some, some more people to join in Orlando in Spencer's place. But I, I feel like he's probably in a little bit of a tug of war here between wanting to be prepared to join the team if he can. He's tweeted that that is what he wants to do if he's able, um, but also wanting to recover. And so when you have this equipment in there, yeah, I mean, and that's that's Brian, when we talk about this handbook, I don't think, you know, the NBA has organized um, a, a hotline to call into if you see someone breaking the rules. But that's the intentional breaking of the rules in many ways. And what I've come to see being down here is it's the unintentional breaking of the rules that can also um, potentially lead to problems. It's the human errors. It's the human instincts of when you're on the phone and someone can't hear you, you want to take your mask off so they can hear you better. You have to avoid it. You have an itch on your face and you haven't washed your hands in a while. You're, you want to scratch your nose. You have to avoid it. No one's going to call in those sorts of things, right? It's little things that you just do in an instant and then realize, oh, snap, that's actually something that could expose myself or other people or make things worse. That's the holes in the rule book that I actually think could potentially um, be equally as concerning, if not more concerning than the willful, you know, people talking about, oh, are they going to go to each other's rooms or try to have people sneak in this, that and the other. That that's one thing. Dealing with that is one thing. It's a completely other thing to uh, probably with good intention, send your players exercise equipment and have them want to test it out because they just want to get back on the floor so bad but then it's to their detriment. Well, I, you know, I've been on these Zoom calls with a lot of these teams this week. And, you know, first of all, Damian Lillard, you know, as we also expressed his his uh, low confidence in that they could follow the rules, Malika. But, you know, a lot of players just kind of, you, you, can, you can hear and see the frustration that a lot of them have with some of what they kind of deem to be some of the sillier rules. You, you know, multiple players have brought up the, the doubles ping pong thing unprompted. And it's like... It, 
it's kind of like their example for how they feel like the rules are, they, you know, they acknowledge while we understand why they're there and what they're necessary for, they also can't kind of rationalize. So wait, I can't stand next to somebody and play doubles ping pong, but I can set a screen on them or, you know, dive on the floor and wrestle with them for a loose ball. Like, so like, you know, they're, they're, and, and look, I don't know how it's going to go, but I, I, I think that players already kind of feel some of that frustration and they can kind of anticipate that once they get in that environment, like you said, there's going to be the unintentional ones. But I think that there may be some rebellion <laughs> that goes on where they're like, these rules are stupid. I don't want to do them. And and I, I could certainly see that happening. Doubles ping pong is hard it's because you're running <laughs> into each other all the time. It's the way right? to play. It's oh, I love it. It's so fun. It's so I like will the say doubles. Uh, I've seen the table notes. on the way to pick to get the to to get the test. I've I've seen the infamous ping pong tables. There is a sign: no doubles. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, at the old ball. Do they say anything the, about triples? Can you triples? <laughs> like at the old uh, baseball stadiums? No pepper. No exactly. Pepper, <laughs> no doubles. Malika, yeah. somebody had to order that sign. Somebody had to post <laughs> that sign. No. No doubles. All right, Malika, we're going to let you go because you have to get up early. I want want to bring up one thing with Royce, but thank you for illuminating your situation. Good luck with everything, and we'll be checking in with you when you can. You're going to be so busy, so um, even before the players get there. um, But eventually, uh, hopefully you have some more free time for us on the Hoop Collective coming up. Good luck with everything. Thanks for having me, Brian. Shouts out, Malika. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Royce, I know you're a major, uh, major, major Disney fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know and I know you know where she's staying. Um, don't give it away. But um, okay. she, she's in a good spot, you think? She, she mm-hmm. thinks she'll be yeah. okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think she'll be all right. Okay. All right. Um, Royce, I wanted to ask you about Victor Oladipo. You covered him for a mm-hmm. few years in uh, Oklahoma City before he got traded to Indiana. Um, this is a really complicated situation that he's got. Um, he's threading a needle here. Um, so, so first off, he informed the uh, the Pacers that he was not going to play. Um, you know, Victor, he's a he's a high character, high quality guy, as far as I know. Yeah. Good voice, good voice too, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> great um, singer. <laughs> He'll let you know about it too. He's not shy. Um, were you surprised that he that he decided not to play? Uh, I really was. Um, you know, I went to Indiana for um, a week uh, in let's see, late January, early February, kind of to write a story on Victor's comeback. You know, and him overcoming the injury and everything. And uh, you know, it was a really, really rugged start for Victor when he, he was, when he first he came was just, back. He was terrible. Yeah, he was, uh, he was really. Terrible. Uh, you know, he, he hit the shot against Chicago that forced overtime, and it, and, and it was a bad debut game, but a great debut moment. And but from there on out, I mean, he he was just, I mean, rust really doesn't tell the tell the word. And look, at, you know, in, in 
you know, I, I sat there and I talked with um, their GM, Chad Buchanan, and there was a lot of optimism about Victor getting back to where he was. And, and a lot of that was because of his work ethic, which is extremely well documented. I mean, if you follow Victor Oladipo's career and, and the transformation he made with his body when he went to Indiana, it really is when he was still in OKC right before the Paul George trade, transformed his body. He's always been a hard worker, but he really, really dedicated himself to another level. Um, so there was so much optimism that, that Vic was going to figure it out. The, the kind of the interesting thing was for the Pacers is they were playing great without him. Like they, Malcolm Brogdon, Demonis Sabonis became an all, all-star and they sort of figured out this very unique style that, that was really working for them. And they thought they're going to add in this all NBA player, try to, you know, catch him up to speed leading up to the playoffs. And then the Pacers might be able to kind of take a leap forward and really become competitive in the East. So, you know, I, I, I assume, Brian, kind of going into this bubble situation, I was looking at the Pacers like, man, they're this wild card team. Me too. Where while while Oladipo was was bad when he came back, but there was so much time to get healthier. Maybe that opens the door for like, you know, I don't know what percent he might have said he was at, you know, 60%, 70%, but maybe he'd be closer to 90 by the time the NBA restarted. So I was surprised that it went this way for him. Now, all the context is, is that he's going to be a free agent after next season, right? So... Um, well, let me give know. him one more context. When he suffered the injury, he had had a sore knee. Right. The Pacers cleared him to return to play, and then he suffered this catastrophic injury. Which is an extremely rare injury. Extremely yes. Rare. Now, no one's accusing anybody of anything, but that happened. Yes. Okay? And I think it's fair to say that there was some strain between the team and Victor mm-hmm. about health after that. Is yes. that fair to say? I think so. It, okay. All while also noting that that I think Victor tried to maintain the right kind of attitude. You know, he came and saw the team shortly after the injury happened. But he, um, but I he elected was, to do in Orlando. Re- he elected. Yeah, to do he re- he did it away from the team. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's a bit of the backstop there. Okay. Yeah. So Victor was cleared to return to play, and he was playing, and he was improving. His last six or seven games, he played better. In fact, the last game that he played, he scored twenty-seven points mm-hmm. in twenty-eight minutes. So he his trainer and the team all were a okay for him to play in March. Okay. Yeah. Ramping up his minutes. The minutes restriction was getting lifted. It was all yes. trending in the right direction. Now, four months later, his trainer told the athletic he's in great shape. Kevin Pritchard, team president said onto the media, he's, I haven't seen him and he looks as good as I've seen him in a long time. So he's in great shape. And mm-hmm. his trainer made sure the tendon is fine. The, 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 the tendon <laughs> is fine, teams who may sign him to a contract. That tendon is A-OK. But the area around the tendon we're worried about. But he's still in great shape. He's in the best right. shape he's ever been in. Uh, I've got him in the great shape, but the, but it's not ready. But not the tendon. Brian, the did tendon you know okay. that he's in great shape? Okay. <laughs> but but the, tendon, the, the tendon is fine, okay? Yeah. Okay. But it's not my leg, okay? Victor has said, and Kevin Pritchard ratified it, that he hasn't been able to play five-on-five. The teams aren't playing five-on-five yet. I accept that. I accept that Victor hasn't played five-on-five, and so he's not. But but here's my thing. It's six weeks before the playoffs. Yeah. And Victor is going with the... And I mean, by the way, if he had said, hey, I'm not crazy about this COVID. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. worried about it. I'm worried about my family. Uh, I'm not going like we've had a number of players do. I'm like, listen, man, I get it. I'm worried about it too. I'm not in Orlando. I'm not even go. I'm not going. Um, but he didn't say that. In fact, he's going. So 
he is in the best shape he's been in a long time. He's got he doesn't have to play in the first game. He he if he's going to be with the team, he can he can still work out. So and and also while adding in the necessary context, this isn't a Washington Wizards situation. This isn't a Sacramento Kings situation where you're probably going there for eight meaningless games that are going to check a box for for a How lot of people. You. The Kings are going to go <laughs> seven and one if you ask them. <laughs> But um, the Pacers have a chance to do something, and like, and it, and it is a franchise uh, mission to get out of the first round. You know, they've been eliminated in the first round the last four years, and it's and it's been a kind of a point of of a declaration for them to advance this time around. Now, obviously, the circumstances are dis- different, but before all this happened, like that was like an objective that they were going to take steps forward, and they felt like Victor coming back was going to elevate them in the way that they needed to, because. Like, let's not forget, this was a good team, like a really good team for, for most of the year up until they went on a little skid when Oladipo first came back. But okay, look, like this, this is this is a team that could actually do something. All I'm saying is, look, he, he's either healthy or he's not. But like I said, they're, they're walking a fine line here saying he's healthy, but he's not. Right. <laughs> Gentlemen, can I point out the last time that this conversation very much reminds me of another instance in recent memory? where a player has had a knee-slash-quad injury and people have said that he's healthy but he wasn't playing and there was some kind of uh, discord bubbling beneath the surface. It sounds, it's not the same by any estimations. The players aren't the same, the teams aren't the same. But it sounds an awful lot like Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. Uh, I thought you were going to say Kevin Durant and the Warriors. (laughs) Of course. And and there's no doubt that for a long time, Victor is going to be careful on that leg like Kawhi is and but by the way when Kawhi started playing he was freaking unbelievable and like I said Victor's 18 months off the injury mm-hmm. um, but you know we didn't have anybody saying anything about Kawhi although it was similar in that <laughs> you know Ginobili kind of outed him was like hey or was it Parker yeah Parker you know but anyway um, yeah Andrew you're not you're not wrong I'm just saying like um he, you know, the interview with the athletic was very interesting because the trainer made it very clear that the tendon is fine. Um, because of I mean, Ola Depot is what it really is. Brian is, is, I mean, to some degree, just an obvious lack of confidence in the NBA's preparation scenario. I mean, like that, you're not going to get a true training camp. You're not going to get a lot of the things. And so, you know, at, at maybe, you know, if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, it's just a lack of confidence in that. That, okay. That there's just yeah, that's I, I, that's I that's fine, that's fine. But he's in the best shape he's been in a long time. <laughs> right. I'm being told. <laughs> right. So I'm just right. saying, like, um, because you see, here's the thing: they can't, they can't say that he's not ready because he was playing, right? Yeah. And they can't say that he's out of shape because then that implies he wasn't working, which right. we know, Victor. We know he was working, right. right? And they can't say that there's something wrong with the tendon. Because yeah. he's up for an extension, whether it's with the Pacers or with another team. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so he and, and, you know, and don't overlook the fact that the Pacers knew they were playing really well without him. I mean, like, that, well, okay, fine, but I mean, like, if I'm just saying I mean, from their from their, their side, franchise, of things. he's their franchise yeah. player. I don't, you no, know, no he's question. their franchise no player. No question about it. No question. They 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 knew that they needed the best version of Victor Oladipo to be the type of team that they wanted to be. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's not like that they they fell completely on their face without him. I'm just, 
I'm just there's a lot of I, I'm I, just saying. I talked I talked <laughs> about this uh, last week and I asked the question to Jackie and McMahon and uh, Jackie said she would extend him if she were the Pacers. McMahon said he wouldn't. Royce, would you extend Victor Oladipo this offseason if you were the Pacers? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard for me to really say without knowing completely what the inner workings there uh, in terms of if there is a, a serious relationship strain, but I believe in Victor Oladipo. So I would, I mean, I, yeah. I well, that's a I, good answer. I, that's a good answer. Um, maybe he doesn't want to sign the, an extension. Yeah. And if he does, yeah, he, he might not want to, I don't know. I think he, he I think he does kind of have an, at least previously, I think he had an affinity for the organization and, well, and Victor always, is kind of a loyalist. He's well, a loyalist. He's always said good things about Indiana. Yeah. Um, but you know, what happened to the other guy that Andrew was talking about in San Antonio when he wouldn't sign an extension or they didn't have an extension. Right. right. I mean, and that's, that's your red, you know, red flashing siren right there of like, Oh, you know, and, and especially for somebody in Oladipo's situation that, you know, um, career concerns over a significant injury. If you're going to turn down guaranteed money, well, that's like that, that sounds the alarm right there. I like, like I said, it's not my leg. It's his leg. He knows how it feels. Um, now, uh, Greg Doyle, who's uh, the columnist, of the Indiana star, he is, he, he blames the team. He doesn't think the team has handled it very well. He, you know, the, because he, the team sort of set the stage for him to be ready to play. And then Victor had to say, Hey, I'm not going to play, you know, they basically made him say it was his decision. Uh, and and uh, I certainly can see that point. However, I think the team was very – I don't think that happened by accident. Yeah. I think the team wanted to make it clear that it was his decision. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, because, again, they feel like they could be a, you know, a team that could threaten in Orlando. Yeah, like I said, that's a, this is a multi-time all-star, two-way star player who is um, – just keep an eye, keep an eye on that. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So before we go, the team that you cover mostly, you cover a lot of teams for us, but the team you cover mostly is the Thunder. Um, I believe the Thunder have avoided a positive test that we know of to this point. Is that zero correct? Zero so far. Yes, zero so far. So um, knock on wood for the Thunder. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, who was one of those guys who we weren't 100% sure what would happen because he is an unrestricted free agent and in line for a... I mean, he's made a lot of money in his career, but he is in line for a big contract, I would think. Uh, We saw Davis Berton say, no, I'm not going to do it. Danilo, I think you reported, is ready to go. Yeah. Which is, Um, you know, I, I think that is a good illustration of, I think, where players' minds are at, again, when it comes to team circumstance going to Orlando. I think Danilo Gallinari feels like his team is, you know, has a chance to, to do something. I think Davis Bertans realistically looked at the situation and said, nope, I don't think that's, a, that's worth my time. Uh, they, they signed Lou Dort to a team-friendly contract. Yeah, the uh, Hinky special. Yes, uh, very uh, very good maneuver, I thought. Um, 
Let me I, let me ask you this, just on Gallinari though, Brian. I, I mean, we haven't. I think two or two or three weeks ago, there was kind of this. It was almost like how many players are going to opt out, and then you hear about guys like Gallinari that were kind of on a list of like, okay, he's thirty years old, unrestricted free agent. He kind of makes sense to opt out, and he was like, nope, never considered it. I was always going to go. Are you kidding me? Or have you been a little bit surprised, but that that's been the mindset a lot of players have taken? Um. I thought there would be more players opt out. And I would just say that not everybody's in Orlando yet. Yeah, that's Um, true. Fair point. uh, You know, I think there's still some guys sitting on the fence. We, you know, Bradley Beal, as far as, as far as right now that I know when I'm speaking here, he's still on the fence. Again, Um, team circumstance would play a factor there. Right, right. Although the way the Nets are going, as I said, you know, the Wizards could make the playoffs out of this. But, um. True. uh, True. So... (laughs) Uh, his teammate put the bowl together, you know, um, you know, Chris, Chris Paul, Adam Silver and Bob Iger, who is my boss, uh, chairman of the Disney company, put this bubble together. Um, so, uh, look, he, you know, every, every player has got to do what he's got to do, but, um, you know, that's, I mean, that's play some factor, doesn't it? If, if the, if the captain of your team says, Hey, listen, guys, we're going to be safe. Yeah, I'm sure he's expressing a lot of confidence there. And and Gallinari said that, and you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who we talked to a couple of days before that, talked about how often he talked to Chris and how kind of confident Chris was, and and you know, the advantage of being able to go directly to him and get an update on on where things stood. And I'm sure, you know, that that certainly had to play an influential role in, in some of these guys feeling pretty good about it. You know, I I thought Miami was a very dangerous team. Um now we have word that they've got three guys positive and have shut their shut their facility down, and uh, so that's worrisome. But uh, I thought I, I thought I thought Miami was sort of a lurking dangerous team in the East, and I feel like Oklahoma City is the lurking dangerous team in the West. Um, I think I think Oklahoma City thinks Oklahoma City is a lurking dangerous team. There's a lot of confidence. They 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 think that they're. Now, I don't think that they're putting themselves on a pedestal with like the Lakers or Clippers, but I think that when they look at some of those other other teams in the around them, that they feel like that they're going to Orlando with kind of a clean slate and feel pretty good about themselves. They they yeah. feel like that they're they're going to be able to kind of regather the momentum that they had during the season, and that there's there's fewer questions about who they're going to be showing up in Orlando. They they kind of feel like that they kind of have an idea already. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think you know uh, Dallas is somewhat interesting. Uh, they had, they still have a l- couple of holes on that team, but you know, they got a guy who could catch fire. Right. And it looks to I mean, me like he, he came back, but, um, you know, Utah is going to be a question mark. Houston, I think is a question mark for various reasons. Denver's uh, a question their best player lost 35 pounds. I mean, well, like, their best player again, as far as I know at this moment is not in the country. Now right. when we have a report on Monday that he is in the country, but he is not in the country until I know he's in the country. But of course, look, there's not a game till July 30th. If he doesn't make it there this week, it's not the end of the world, but yes, we have an uncertainty a little bit with Denver. Um, but even if he makes it, I mean, like, I mean, we are, we're assuming Jokic is going to be like a better version because he slimmed down, but I, I don't know that to be true. You know, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to be. It's like, I don't know. You, I don't know if you follow pro golf at all, but yeah, of course. Bryson DeChambeau driving the heck out of the ball, man. He won um, again today. Comes back from the quarantine, like up 35 or 40 pounds and swinging like 15 miles an hour faster. And he's routinely hitting three, 370 yard drives. And like he, he won today and he's, He's threatened every tournament he's been in. Like, 
He's like he, the, he waited for a green to clear on a 399 yard par four today. He was like, I need that. Yeah. I need to need everybody off that one. Yeah. Um, and um, I do think it's funny though, as a quick golf comment that everybody's like, oh, he's changing the game. I'm like, I got news for you. Hitting the ball long and straight has always been. <laughs> Did we forget about Dustin not changing Johnson? the game? Um, but anyway, uh, you know, that was a, that was a guy who on the PGA tour made a physical move Mm-hmm. in the three months off and it has immediately changed the nature of the game Jokic has made a physical move although now that he's been sick i just don't know what that's going to all equal out so yeah um we'll see but we'll keep an eye on oklahoma city all right thank you royce thank you to malika who joined us from the bubble uh thank you to andrew who's always valued and thank you to troy farkas in connecticut for putting this together we appreciate you listening everybody please stay healthy we'll talk to you later in the week